Welcome back to another episode of It's a Social Thing with me, your host, Venus Ranieri. Today, I have a special guest, Alice. Alice is a digital marketer with a focus on health tech. So welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you. Anything else that you want to share about yourself? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I guess uh, my focus on health tech is largely stemming from the fact that I have a background in biology and uh, previously before marketing, I was on track to going to med school and then um, ended up kind of getting sidetracked and enamored by the startup side of things and then kind of found myself in digital marketing as a result. Nice. Yeah. A very untraditional uh, route to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I feel like they make the best stories in marketing. Like if you yeah. Most of us in digital marketing never set out to be digital marketers. You know? Yeah, I think it's like such a random title. And I, I think like most people, even if you are a marketer, you don't exactly know what, I mean, like there's so many different facets of marketing. So it's like hard to, to figure out what exactly marketing is. Like even in school, I was like, oh, marketing probably is like PR or like brand but it's yeah. like, it's so much more. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so true. All right. And so to let our audience know a little bit more about you, would you mind sharing some three fun facts about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the facts is um, kind of, uh, kind of, like I said, I have a background in biology and I used to work at a neuropsychiatry lab at Cornell Med School and was doing a lot of experiments on PTSD and kind of uh, how PTSD uh, is in like basically affected in your brain and like what different neurotrophins are, are involved in the whole process. So that's one fact. Um, <laughs> Just a the other, one. Yeah. The other fact is um, I love rock climbing. I started climbing about three years ago and I haven't looked back. Um, and I particularly like rope climbing. So that's where you go like 2,000 feet up in the air and you're kind of just like dangling there. Oh, fun. Have you done anything like uh, in any national parks or anything? Um, I usually go to the Gunks, which is kind of near like SUNY, um, one of the SUNYs. I forgot the name, but basically it's upstate New York. It's beautiful up there, but it's kind of famous for being extremely difficult um, because of the people that used to like climb there. They made everything really difficult. So. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, <laughs> ruining it for everyone. Yeah, my dream is definitely to go to Yosemite and go on one of the walls there. Yeah, I was just there a few months ago, and it was yeah. it was pretty insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's definitely a dream. Yeah, I'm sure you watched Free Solo already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Alex Honnold climbs at uh, one of the gyms that I us- I usually go to in the city. It's called the Cliffs at LIC. So nice. Pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and then a third fact is um, I'm a prolific cook. I love to cook. Um, and recently I was in China last year. And after that trip, like I just became just, I just fell in love with Chinese food and flavors and cooking styles because it's just so, so different from just Western style of cooking. And so, yeah, I've just been getting really, really into learning those new techniques and then recently put on like a, a little dinner party for 20 people. So that was nice. What's, what's your favorite thing to make? Um, I really love to make uh, this sweet and sour pork ribs mm. and it's really different from like 
ribs in the American yeah. cuisine. <laughs> like, first of all, it's like the, the ribs are much smaller. Um, I think they use like a different part of the rib itself. Uh, and then also like you're using a lot of this like Chinese vinegar that normally isn't in Western cooking, but it's kind of like Worcestershire sauce. Nice. Yeah. I, I love Chinese like cooking in general. I just, it's been a goal of mine to learn how to make uh, soup dumplings Ooh. for like many years. And I just did it like a month ago and I'm so oh, proud. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I need yeah. to get on that level. <laughs> it, was, it was like a, like a, yeah, like eight hour ordeal. Like oh, it was just like, cause I made uh, the flour. I made the, wrapper and everything mm -hmm. wow. so i just do that and make the dough let it not rise at all which was weird for me because like normally you let the, the dough rise so yeah but, that's awesome yeah it's definitely such an interesting um cuisine area because you got there there's so many different vegetables that here mm. it's like we don't even know about oh totally yeah oh my gosh and they also like good. yeah they all they're amazing yeah. highly recommend going to china exploring <laughs> i'll have to add that i've been to the airport but was not able to leave oh no <laughs> but i did go to the mcdonald's there and got um the breakfast and i was like this is very oh. different yeah hmm. <laughs> i've never i've never had mcdonald's in china actually i've oftentimes have gone to like kfc because it's like a really big thing i mean i usually go to shanghai so like in shanghai there's just tons of kfcs and their flavorings are really different yeah same with mcdonald's they have like you know they have uh, pork pork dumplings like on Whoa, the menu. That's uh, fun. Uh, the meat rolls that I always forget, like the, the bai. Oh, bows or yeah, bows. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, how do I say this? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's so interesting, and they obviously like have the porridge for breakfast and everything. Mm -hmm. like, it's so different. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. I was so, so jet lagged. I was like on my way to Thailand. <laughs> oh damn. I know what day it is? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. Well, that was super fun. I feel like I and everyone else got to know you a little better. Great. <laughs> yeah. Glad. And then, so obviously, you know, we're here, this is a social media podcast. So I have to ask you, what was your earliest memory of using social media and what was it like? Yeah. Um, I think earliest memory of using the social was Facebook. And then, I mean, I, I remember just like someone showing me, literally just showing me what Facebook was. Cause at the time I wasn't old enough. Um, I didn't have a .edu. So I like, didn't know what it was, but like I had a friend who was in college and she was like, yeah, this is like this new thing. And like Facebook, whatever. I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. Um, but actually I think YouTube was officially like my first social platform that I really, really got into. And it was, it was just a whole, like, I loved it so much because it's like, it was just a like Google to me, but like, yeah. because I'm a really visual person, I much prefer YouTube to like Google or anything else. Cause I was just able to like, look at all of these crazy videos. And like, that's where I didn't realize it at the time, but like, that's when I started to follow these influencers that then like slowly started to like, you know, now they're, they're like they have millions of people following them. The back, back in the day, they were in their mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with, with the grainy camera quality. Yeah, oh yeah. And like that green light. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good old days. Yeah, yeah. I think YouTube especially is, is one of the biggest, 
well, because, you know, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, which is mm-hmm. insane. Um, but especially for people that are more visual learners, like you and me, like we, I, I flocked there just because it was a great place to learn. Like yeah. I taught myself coding through oh, cool. that, like, wow. and I watched stupid videos uh, and I made stupid videos and put them on YouTube and I look back now and it's, it's a great way to be like, oh, wow, why did you do this? But also it kind of like yeah. played a role in future positions. Like, you know, people that became influencers on social now or, or on YouTube are now like other places, as you said, and they're making a crap ton of money. Which mm-hmm. is amazing because if I had told my mom that I wanted to be a YouTube influencer or get paid for making videos on that, she would have been like, go to your room and study. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. That's so true. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's super amazing. Like even recently I was talking to my mom cause she's been remodeling this house, um, that she, she recently got. And even she was like, Oh, it would be so cool if I could film myself doing before and afters and like post it on YouTube. And I was like, what? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Everybody gets an HGTV show. Everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like the beauty of it though. That's the beauty of like social right now and everything. It's like, it's just being able to democratize everybody's voice and, and give everybody's voice way more weight than it did before. And like, I think you're going to like just in general for companies as well, it's like, even more important to engage on social and to like keep it keep pulse of like what's actually going on there yeah for sure I mean obviously I've made my career on that one um which is great and obviously also has some negative down points to it too just because like when you give I feel like I'm saying like when you give a mouse a cookie or something but like when you give a company a voice like there are things that come along with that like you know we all have to be aware now of what we're saying people like especially for companies that are visual and like have more of a fun personality like a wendy's like you are a person to them like Mm. wendy's is a person now like people become i think there was i forget what stat it was but uh the younger demographic these days like genuinely see youtubers as their friends like and come friends they're not Mm -hmm. they're not an entity trying to sell them something they're like this is my friend don't talk badly about my friend or I won't talk to you anymore. (laughs) Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. And especially with, I don't know if you've seen, but like the, um, AI slash like fake influencers, like the rise of the, of the robotic influencers. She's completely computer generated, but she Uh looks real. And like, it, it's like kind of nuts. I think her name's Michaela. I don't remember if that's exactly true, but I will link this in the episode description for anybody else that wants to check it out. But it's crazy. Like they put her in outfits. She's not, it was just an experiment to see if they could get people to, um, you know, kind of buy into this persona of a person that doesn't exist. And people are obsessed with her. She's like over a million followers on Instagram, like has done actual branded campaigns with companies. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, it's crazy. And now there's a bunch of them. Like, it's not just her. There's like a, there's a whole clique of them. I don't know what's a clique clique or a crew of people that that have millions Mm. of followers and are able to tell these kids, because for the most part, it's the younger generation that's following them, uh, like Mm. Gen Z and lower, like, what to do they're like hey you should buy this and they will because people are like this is my friend and like that girl doesn't exist she is a computer rendering an artist drew her a very good artist because it's a very very good drawing but you know and that's kind of the thing that we're looking at moving forward especially with um 
AR and VR coming out and becoming more of a thing, like totally. there's nothing stopping from someone from taking this fake influencer, making her a VR character and giving her like an actual body. People do it. <laughs> yeah, they've already done it. This is insane. Yeah, it's actually crazy. And also, yeah, I mean, who's just like, it would be so interesting if someone did like this longitudinal study of like children's psychology of like having this experience growing up with such weird social media influences. And then, yeah, like how effed up do people become? A lot. I mean, I think that we're, as much as social is making the world a closer and sometimes better place, it's also more of a polarizing place than ever before because, because everybody gets a voice and I'm not saying that not everyone, everyone deserves to have their own voice, but should everyone's voice be heard by a large audience? Probably Mm. not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then who, who decides whether or not this person is going to have that large of a voice? Like, you know? It's yeah. like, yeah, then there's like so much that plays into that and then the algorithms as well. It's like, um, yeah, I, I remember there was probably, I remember something around this topic, but it's like, you know, it's why, why should Kim Kardashian have like more of a voice than someone who's actually doing something more interesting and impactful? Yeah. 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 And that's something that's so important. I think, you know, there was a recent thing that came up on YouTube with one of the bigger uh, YouTube influencers that's kind of more on the fence of like what on, on the right side of, of the news industry. He like yeah. had, he used like a, a, a term for people of Hispanic heritage that was, you know, and he was also the person he was talking about was also, you know, gay. And so he made a slur on his channel and it went viral and people were like freaking out. And then yeah. YouTube was like, we don't really know what to do here <laughs> because I'm, yeah. that guy's making money on this video that's spreading a negative message towards somebody, which is against their rules. Yeah. But at the same time, freedom of speech. And so, you know, YouTube, it was a very interesting case where YouTube was like literally cro- caught in the crosshairs. There was a bunch of people calling for YouTube to take it down and ban yeah. for, for mm-hmm. lying, kick mm-hmm. him off. And then there was another group of people that were like, this is his opinion. And technically he didn't say anything that was wrong. Like, this person mm-hmm. is of Latin heritage and they are gay. And so YouTube had to make a call there. And they, I think that they decided to kick him. They unmonetized that video and mm-hmm. then blocked him from monetizing anything for like, I think for a set of period of time, but he's allowed to stay on the platform. Yeah. And, you know, that yeah. Kind of thing is only going to increase. Like we're only, be- we're only beginning to see the legal. Yeah. yeah exactly. Of all this stuff. And, Back in the day, I was like, oh, I'll go to law school and I'll major in media law and I'll do like social law. And people were like, that's not a thing. And now it's going to, it's going to be a it's thing. It's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There's even like law, especially, I mean, off of that, it's like, there's even law for gaming, which is yeah. like now a burgeoning industry as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, maybe. the world's changing. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. The way that, like the fact that, cause like esports is now calcul- uh, categorized as a sport. Yeah, real sport. And like <laughs> high schools have esports teams and like everything oh, like that. Really? I know. And like we're going to have um, sometime in this season or next season because I'm still, I'm like not sure where they're going to fit in, but I have someone that works for Twitch coming on to talk about mm-hmm. like that side. And then I have a few gamers that make a lot of money off this that are wow. going to, off Twitch or, that are going to come on and mm-hmm. like, talk about that experience too because there's, it's, 
crazy like that they're influencers but on a different level because like Probably. influencers only get paid if an ad if a brand sponsors them these mm-hmm. players are getting paid just for playing a game mm-hmm. they don't need to run yeah. a single ad <laughs> no way and also the viewership for these games is like way bigger than any physical sport oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah and it's yeah. like yeah I mean, actually, so my boyfriend, actually, he um, is in the gaming industry and he creates games. Um, and it's just like the amount of s- just the fact that it's such a big industry and also just growing, especially with the younger generation is, I mean, like, yeah, there's no stopping it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that people should start adapting to and like, yeah, really then rather be like, oh, like we didn't do anything and it's 10 years later and now it's like obviously that's like the biggest thing and biggest way that you can make money anywhere mm-hmm. $20,000 $50,000 a tournament like that sign me up I'll play yeah. I'm a girl I'll play real bad but like, I'll play <laughs> <laughs> like just pay me I don't care yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know these are all things to keep in mind for people that work in, in marketing or even mm-hmm. in general that are looking to see what the next big thing is because if someone had told me 10 years ago how big Instagram would be and like oh I would be like oh I would have actually committed to doing some other shit on there yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and like I probably would have been smarter about my naming choices and like <laughs> taking just Venus instead of like putting my full name in there and like you know like, yeah like a lot of things that I'd be like I would have done this so differently and I could have made so much money if I did just this or x y and z and it's like a kick in the butt yeah you know now you're in like a better position and it's also like who knows maybe down 10 years down the line instagram completely just i don't know totally changes or it just ends up dying like myspace yeah i think that everything has a life expectancy like facebook has far exceeded the life expectancy that i had for it when it first came out absolutely but you know it's because it's changed like, I think that's the key. If you don't change objectives every so often as your platform's changing, then you're going to get left behind. Like Snapchat, mm-hmm. which is my own. We'll get to that later on. <laughs> right. right. Um, but, you know, like that kind of stuff is, is something to keep an eye on. And if I like to urge people to, if you see a space like missing, then like fill that space. So like, you know, if anybody out there is a coder or thinking about making an app and like has a vision for it like go forth and do (laughs) yeah because you never know what people are going to pick up on exactly you're like oh share an image with a caption with your with everyone in the world yeah okay we'll make this like the second biggest thing in the the world right now (laughs) (laughs) like you want to sell t-shirts that you sold that you already wore and like just put it on a shopify account Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) Exactly. Anything. Also, it's like, you know, don't be afraid of those little failures too. Because you always, you always learn a lot, especially when you fail. And then you just iterate and you keep going and going and going. And eventually you'll hit something. Like the chances are, the more you try, the more likely you're going to succeed in something. Yeah. I think that's why you see a lot of serial entrepreneurs like that are Mm -hmm. successful. Like this, because they kept trying, like they, they failed a bunch. Yeah. It's very public. They failed a bunch, but like they never gave up and they just kept iterating on that idea until they actually hit something that was profitable because, yeah. you know, I think 20 years from now, this is my prediction, but the best degree that you can have is to be an entrepreneur and be in business for yourself. 
just because of the way that everything is going. Like you never know with companies these days, there's no uh, loyalty to employees and same for employees to bosses or company. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Especially like, yeah, I think especially for our generation, um, I, I have friends who have either are freelancers or just have, you know, changed their jobs every two to three years. And it's yeah. like, that's unfathomable. And like, and, and you know, even the older generation, it's like, oh, you should, you should work for a big company. Like, you'll be safe there. And it's like, no, you won't. Like, <laughs> nowhere is safe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The only way, place that's safe is to create something that you own. That exactly. literally the only way that it could fail is if you fail. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then that's it, you know? But yeah. again, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask of people. But, you know, if people are down, <laughs> do it. I like had it, a startup company in the social space. I was like part of that founding team, like many, many years ago now. And I think back and I'm like, I haven't done anything since, but I should have, like, I should have kept going. And so now I'm working on this and like a bunch of other side projects because that's awesome. Don't keep trying. You'll never succeed. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Now this is an inspirational career podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then, um, so obviously like when we're thinking about failures, the biggest thing that comes to mind in the social space is MySpace. Yeah. Good old Tom, who was friends with everyone. Um, yeah. Justin Timberlake owns MySpace now, or he bought oh. it oh, at yeah. some point. That's I remember that, but I don't, don't know what yeah. he ever did with it. Dog my memory. Yeah, that's yeah. that's right. Oh my God, it must be <laughs> absolutely nothing now. I mean, like, yeah. Because <laughs> he was like, I'll make it a music thing. And everyone's yeah. like, we have Spotify. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. But I mean, Tom did some stuff, right? And obviously he fucked up a little bit on some other things. Like, what are you, what is your experience with MySpace? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, I never really touched MySpace that much. And it was largely because, again, like, I'm a very visual person. And so, MySpace to me was like visually assaulting. Um, so I never really liked to spend that much time on MySpace. I think another thing, so like that could be, you know, one thing wrong with it was just like the layout of it, the experience as a user on it was just not, not pleasant given no. <laughs> like each person's page would be slightly different and then suddenly music would start playing and then like there would just be like flashing images on the screen. Yeah. So it was just extremely jarring as a place to go to. Um, and then I think like as MySpace started to evolve over time, like kind of like how Justin Timberlake wanted to make it a music streaming thing, it just changed objectives too, too fast, too yeah. far. And so as a user, again, it's like, where, why am I coming to this site? What is it really for? It's not the best for sharing something. It's not the best for music. So what is it actually for? And so then like when, when it loses its users interest and engagement, then it's like downhill from there. And also at the same time, competition is going to take all of your users too. So I think that's where you're really just like poor, poor layout, poor user experience, and then not knowing what it was. Yeah. I, I think that if they, because obviously like when they, when Justin Timberlake bought it again, it had been dead for like 10 years at that point or like eight years or something, a long, mm-hmm. a long ass time, too long for people to have stuck around on that platform for them to have <laughs> people like, be like, Oh, I'm back. Like we're back in business. They're not, no. they weren't no. waiting around Tom. They moved on. You're just, yeah. You're an ex with a funny story to tell. 
Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think that when we look at MySpace, if we had shifted priorities, not towards music, but because if you look back at MySpace, I was, I was on there. It was a good time. I had my Mm -hmm. top five friends and that's mainly the reason why I learned some coding was to make my page look okay because obviously mm. that like the user layout sucked and I was very young but I could still figure out that that was not good I was like ah I'll figure this out yeah but if they had switched from that to like you know obviously coding camps and everything are so popular now could have yeah. been a social network for coders or people that were in app development and like yeah. that would have been good mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing really for directly for that back in the day when, mm-hmm. when all of this stuff was happening and so you know, it's, it's kind of, like you said, knowing where you should move to mm-hmm. without making like a jump from like, Hey, you're over here on the mm-hmm. East coast. And then you're just going to jump to California. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, I mean, I don't know what the product team was like, but maybe there was just a lack of, you know, tiny testing. You yeah. Know? It's like, they just made the jump. So suddenly it was like almost as a knee jerk reaction rather than like a calculated, okay, this is like, there was clear indication that this is where we should be moving to and therefore we're doing it like yeah no, some market research some audiences like yeah kind of stuff and then make up your mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I mean I give them props because obviously yeah. the first social network that MySpace was it and it was kind of like the wild west there was no rules yeah totally Nothing. Nothing. Oh my god! What was going to happen? Like they were sitting on this cat, like this giant pile of money, basically. Yeah. Oh my god! Hit the bed. (laughs) Yeah. Just. Oh my god. And yeah, it's like they could have. They could have maneuvered into like just a messaging thing, or they could have like maneuvered into just I don't know, like creating worlds or something, and then could have become like a another like game or something like that. But no, it just just died. (laughs) <laughs> r.i.p myspace yeah r.i.p <laughs> we don't miss you we do not yeah and obviously like you gotta make smart investments like i know that snapchat we'll talk about more of this on later on but to touch on it uh facebook offered to buy Snapchat, yeah and you know uh, people, uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah turn them down and that was probably one of the stupidest things that he could have done like i get ego. it ego but, yeah. yeah, Instagram was like, heck yeah, buy us. Like, mm-hmm. this is a no-brainer. You guys make everything. And Zuckerberg in his closet with his, like, little zip-up hoodie is like, ha, 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 ha. I yeah. the world one day. <laughs> right. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, <coughs> it's, it's, like, kind of scary that that Facebook is so powerful and like also on the other hand Google is also so powerful like having being able to acquire companies in that way but at the same time like if I think about let's say China for example like um, Tencent is like a huge online company a tech company which owns WeChat, uh, Weibo, basically like the the Facebook, Twitter, YouTube of China and like everything is under one thing and so yeah it's like okay this is insane um but at the same time it's like it's almost like the u.s is moving into the china direction yeah it is and like you know it's kind of an interesting standpoint because whoever owns the media controls the narrative and so 
you know, when we look at what's going on politically in the United States, we have to also look at what's going on on the social channels. Yeah, absolutely. Facebook totally. played a huge role, <laughs> and Twitter too, like in our election last well, four years ago. Yeah, and, you know, it's crazy. I actually ended up reading most of um, at this point the uh, Mueller report. Oh, <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. And like, if you listen to it, I listened to it. I didn't read it, read it, because I was like, no, four hundred pages of just blacked out redacted information doesn't sound like a good read to me. Yeah, no. Waste of paper. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, sorry. But, you know, social media played such a huge role and they really went into how Facebook really fucked America. <laughs> they were like, Zuckerberg did X, Y, and Z. And <laughs> oh my God. And like, same for Twitter because, there, you know, there's, it is the Wild West and there is no real regulations on this stuff yet because yeah. it's never happened before, you know? Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. Oh, you need one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I mean, is it entirely Mark Zuckerberg's? No, no, but but checks and balances. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's also interesting. Like I remember, so actually, Cambridge Analytica. I almost worked with that company, um, with one of the companies I was with at the time, and uh, I just remember our meeting with them, and they were like, "Yes, we have influenced political campaigns. We are actually working with the U.S. government right now." And at the time, I was like, "Huh." <laughs> hey. like, that was cool. And then you're like, I was just kidding. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just it's just a learning moment for America and the other and other countries saying like, hey, social media can do some crazy damage and maybe we should make a strategy for this and maybe we should be more proactive because obviously like having Facebook own like everything is not a good idea because then they they control everything they mm-hmm. control what you see how you see it when you see it who you can talk to when you can't talk to them yeah absolutely <laughs> information fake news like being spread around like obviously yeah. they're doing a lot of stuff to proactively make up for what happened or you know not proactively but like after the fact make up for what happened mm-hmm. so that's good i give them i give them props for that but like would they have done it if it didn't come out Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, you're yeah. making a fuck ton of money off these yeah. political ads. Yeah. Why would you stop? Yeah. Um, and also, it's like you're trying to keep people engaged on your platform. And if the stuff that they're engaged with is just fake stuff, then like, yeah. where, where are the signals? Yeah. Like, where are the signals that are like, this is ethically wrong or, you know, we're not. Yeah. And like, you know. there's just a lot of levers there to pull where you can be like, oh, well, this is bad, but also it's not bad, but it could be bad. And mm-hmm. all that, all that kind of stuff. And it really shouldn't be up to just one organization being like putting the moral weight of the world on your shoulders doesn't seem like a good job to me. It seems like an easy way to go gray real fast. Yeah, absolutely. Scary stuff. It is. But hopefully we'll see how this next election goes. It'll be a good yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... F- when I think back to like Instagram before Facebook owned them, I kind of just mm. remember that like quintessential time where everyone had borders on their photos and uh, everything was in sepia tone. <laughs> but like you got to see everyone that you followed's posts, and now you don't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now it's hurting people. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's like 
I would say back then it was like, oh, I'm following my friends. Like I would be like, what's your Instagram? I would actually ask people, what is your handle? And I will follow you. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't, I don't want to follow the people that are my friends. Like I don't ask people for their handles. Like I just, I'm like this anonymous floater now. Like I basically go to my explore feed and then like I go and see what's going on up there. And then I start following people or brands or whatever it is from there rather than like through just social interaction. And so it's like, yeah, it's kind of crazy, kind of sad, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, Instagram is like, it is the number one app that I always go to because it's so good at showing me the stuff that I really like and that I'm really interested in. And then also it's like, I would say it's also has become almost like a YouTube, almost like a Pinterest where um, I can watch long form videos on it. Um, but then also I can um, save things that I find that are like really beautiful or things that I want to buy or things that I think are like really inspirational and then it's also like a messaging platform. So it's just become its own ecosystem in such a strong way that I think Snapchat isn't. Yeah. Snapchat yeah. really only plays one role and it's to share videos with your friends that you don't want anyone else to see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And like, yeah. obviously like having been from an agency life, there was a time when we were exploring a Snapchat strategy for a brand and I was pretty vocal on the fact that they don't want us there. You know, that's not where you want to see brands. It's, unless you're going to be really, really fucking funny and give them stuff. Like if you're going to give things away for free, they'll be there. If you're not going to do that, then you might as well just not be on there at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of, it's a beautiful thing for the platform for younger people. Like it's a good way to just like kind of really be yourself. And also it was obviously designed mainly to share nudes, um, which was not good. Not good, but you know, <laughs> everyone has their ups and downs. Um, yeah. But, like, there was no real advancements, like, after the fact. Like, yeah, sure, right. they added the, the face filters, but that's not something that can be, that can't be easily replicated or as, as Instagram stories have proven. They're yeah. like, they're like, hold my bag. <laughs> <laughs> hold my beer, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're good. It's all good. <laughs> don't worry. You didn't want us to buy you? We don't want you anymore. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of why stories happened on Instagram. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. It was like such an obvious copy too. Yeah. And even the filters. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Even the filters. And it's, it's funny. Cause like I'll see people who will use a Snapchat filter, but then post it on Instagram. Yeah, because that's where it. the people are. That's where the yeah. people are. Like no one's watching your stories. I literally haven't, <laughs> I barely use Snapchat anymore. Yeah. Unless it's to stalk people like my friends and see where they are. Yeah. <laughs> where are you at in the, in the world these days, guys? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I, it's also like kind of difficult for me to find things or interesting people to follow on top of that. It's yeah. like, oh, I can't really like, there's nothing new or interesting unless my friends actually post it and they're they're not posting that often no so, yeah, yeah like I think that the <clears throat> the explore page for for snapchat is okay like I do um, go through that because I like to read Vice's stories and they do like, mm, some interesting content on there nice and they did like a whole thing about like soul tattoos and I was like what is this <laughs> I was like I want one of these yeah I was like a, a psychic reiki person she like gives you a soul tattoo based on her or your aura reading and I was like 
I kind of want this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stick and poke tattoo, so it takes like a oh. long time. Damn, yeah. I was like, I would do this. And she yeah. like, decides what it looks like and kind of where it should go on your body based on your aura. And I'm like, I'll surrender you my power. Here you go. <laughs> Use my body how you want. Yeah, I was like, my body is a canvas. Yeah, yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, and like clearly that worked for her because now she's booked solid for years. Wow. <laughs> Traveling around the world doing it. That's, I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I mean, also like, I'm not to not to veer off, but like slightly no, no. veer off. Um, TikTok, on the other hand, is also incredible yeah. and also really smart. I think in the way that it's like, let me just take the algorithm-based learning, like of whatever, like Facebook, Instagram, but then marry it with like those short videos, like the way that Snapchat is, the way that Vine was, and then so people are like constantly hooked and they can't. Yeah, get off you can't it. leave. You can't. It's a time suck, exactly. apparently. Yeah, I haven't been on it, but my the episode before you, uh, Joe was talking pretty heavily. He's a heavy TikTok user. And he, he, he was like, I love it. He said to check out the Washington Post. So now it gets like two mentions. Um, Washington Post could be definitely be an advertiser for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's so interesting because like, obviously, even though I don't use TikTok, I've seen the videos from TikTok. They're all over Instagram. Yeah. Don't it's, it's that platform. <laughs> exactly. It's funny how these things always come back to Instagram because it's again, like I think it's just such a strong platform with such so many users on it already, and then also so many ways for these users on Instagram to like they, basically, if you want to continue having and growing your following or keeping your following, you have to be posting and you have to have engaging material and you have to be also engaging with other accounts on Instagram in a way that like Snapchat doesn't like you're not growing your follower account by watching more stories. Yeah. Like, so it's like with Instagram, it's a very like cyclical cycle, like cyclical ecosystem. And then, you know, you can always like take more things and put it on there, whatnot. But I think Snapchat is like, it's, it's not really that. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, Evan Spiegel, your, your baby's <laughs> going to die. What are you going <laughs> to do? <laughs> like, uh, I, I remember a few years back, Snap Inc. Uh, came into my office and they were like pitching us like what they're going to do and like trying to get us to advertise on their channel, on their, mm. on their, on their stuff. And yeah. I was just like, <laughs> my bullshit Sorry. meter started to go <laughs> I was like no but I will take your stickers and magnet and I keep it on my fridge yeah that's fun um <laughs> you know that's so interesting yeah. um like did you so you worked for a marketing agency in the past and then yeah okay cool yeah I like worked for a more political agency when I first started out and then moved over to a traditional agency like a mid-sized agency they have offices in New York and New Jersey and then um, I worked there in the consumer product good space, like our toy vertical and our food vertical. Cool. So it was fun. I got to do a lot of things. I did. Uh, I, I was like the digital content creator for all of the brands wow. under those verticals. So that was a lot of work. But I made like animations. I taught myself how to do video. And then I learned photography and food styling. And I got to like 
do some pretty big things for some pretty big brands and I will forever be thankful for that. And it was a good time. Mm. And now I've moved on (laughs) (laughs) and now I'm in a tech company uh, in house. So I do, I manage all of our social. So it's been an interesting career so far. Mm -hmm. Very, I'm looking forward to seeing how it continues. Um, But yeah, you know, it's just so interesting. I've been able to watch basically like since social media began Mm-hmm. how it was going to start to impact people. And it's kind of one of the reasons why this um, this podcast exists, because I think that a lot of people, we use social media so often. I think it's like 2,000 hours, like in average for someone that's like 25 years old or something yeah. uh, of their life mm-hmm. has been sent, spent on social. And like for me being in <laughs> older than that, and then also <laughs> <laughs> working in social means I've spent probably a good majority of my life on this, uh, yeah. which is sad. I don't want to count. I was like, maybe I'll do my actual numbers. And I was like, nope, no. no, I don't want to do that. It'll, it'll gross me out. Yeah. Um, but you know, it plays such a big role. It's changing like so much about how we behave, how we engage with people. Like even mm. I've had, uh, we recorded an episode with a therapist. Mm. So we talked about the impact of it on her patients who are typically wow. younger girls because she's a eating disorder therapist. So like yeah. the role that Instagram has played in damaging people's like self-worth and like your image. And then like, obviously like the self-care and uh, body positivity movement that kind of like, has been happening on social media, which isn't always good because then people telling other people that, you know, they love their body isn't helpful. We know you love, you know, I was like, I get it. I'm saying I love my body. Um, <laughs> but you know, like people are like, well, this was kind of like people of color and other people's stuff. And then we kind of appropriated it. And now it's like on social and it's become its own separate thing, separate from what it was originally when it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you can see the same thing happening with, the LGBTQ groups, like with businesses, especially with Pride Month just ending. Oh, like, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> like, I had to have a conversation with my company and be like, hey, so we're not going to put a rainbow logo on our logo uh, because people don't appreciate that. It's not good. We do things for the community year round. So it's better for us to just do like a highlight thing, but then also continue to do the work that we're doing and be like, be open about it and transparent and be like, hey, like, Pride is 365, seven, like, you know, a year. Yeah, so it's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just a month where you change your logo and then you change it back. And then, you know, you did your part and you didn't do your part. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're donating a million dollars to like groups, like, no. <laughs> exactly. Like try not, it, that's like, yeah. I mean, it's, that's when the old guard, I feel like, especially wants to just, just be like, no, like we're going to, it's going to be easy. Social is easy. Like how hard can it be? Mm, it's so hard. We are complex people. We have so much context to our stories and like what we like, what we don't like. And it's just, yeah, just slapping something on your logo. It's not going to do anything. No, yeah. I think it's also super important to, you know, kind of call out that, you know, with the 500 million people that are logging on and spending hours on Instagram and the other social channels, like one of the things that we're seeing a big rise in is cancel culture. And I'm a big proponent of talking about this just because Mm. I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. And it, it's just starting to become a thing where Gen Z, because they're so embedded in doing what's right. They have such a big moral compass that's like kind of based in their id where they like want to be the person that's doing the right thing like they need to be Mm -hmm. 
keeping people accountable uh, and companies accountable. Like they will, <laughs> Fairlife just had like a issue, the milk company where <laughs> someone recorded uh, their, one of their farms beating and torturing cows to death basically <laughs> and filmed it and then put it on Instagram. And so, you know, that went viral obviously. And yeah. uh, people were like, nope, you're canceled. And like, <laughs> I don't think that the Fair Life representatives like understood what was going on. I was like, oh no, that's not good for you at all. You're done. Like they, this demographic will cancel you. They will, because yeah. if they start doing it, their influencers that have that demographic are going to see it. They're going to pick it up. <laughs> and then, right. you know, it's kind of an interesting like reverse, like where like, you know, Kim Kardashian is not looking at Instagram all the time. There's no way that she knows mm-hmm. about Fair Life or anything like that. I'm just using her as an example. I don't know if she mm-hmm. actually tweeted about it or posted about it but um like kids saying or a lot of people were like i'm never buying from you again it was like a huge ordeal for them they wow. lost like a lot of money in their stocks i think they're public um wow. crazy stuff people were like yeah you're, you're done like no, you should just end your company and they kept trying to put out statements about it people were like no if it's happening wow. at one it's happening at others like you guys the whole point of fair life is like that they're more ethical in terms of like dairy and and their products and so obviously this proved that their entire company is a sham yeah (laughs) so i was like you're done like it's not going to be for you yeah (laughs) you're going to take a major drop in in any profits and like eventually it will go away but at the same time like the people that are going to be like hey i'm never buying from you again are literally never going to buy from you again that's it it used to be like i'm never buying from you again and then like a month later they're going to buy from you again yeah not like that anymore it's Mm -hmm. get one shot on social if you fuck up that's it you're done yeah which i guess like is that yeah i mean it is crazy but at the same time like um hmm, i don't know is it is it a bad thing is it good that people are keeping things people or companies accountable to some extent i mean it could be bad because like if it was not true or yeah, yeah. yeah it was fake or something and they're like we really didn't know uh yeah yeah it's one of those yeah. gray areas for sure i i, I cancel culture can be good and beneficial because we should be keeping people and companies to higher standards like Mm -hmm. Amazon with Prime Day. People are not doing Prime Day because they are not treating their employees well. And like, that's good. Like we shouldn't be supporting Amazon. They're ruining small business economy and everything like that. So good on the on the wrong on the bad side like sometimes things get canceled and like you're like that wasn't a thing really like it's just a business thing it happens. So, you know, kind kind of trying to keep everything under wraps. It's kind of scary to be a business on social in 2019. Like, you never know what's going to happen. There's skeletons lurking in everyone's closet. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, even if you think you're on the right side, there is always another side. Yeah, but they're like, you're wrong. You're like, I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's, like, yeah, that's scary. That's true. Yeah. But obviously, like, 500 million people are still using it and logging on every day. (laughs) So, (laughs) at the same time, like, it's something that you can never avoid because that's where people are, Mm -hmm. um, as Ariel likes to say in her songs. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, things that made Instagram so perfect and, like, such a good use case example for, like, I don't want to say the perfect social media network, but damn near close. Like, you know... I know that you have some thoughts on this. I want you to share with us. Oh yeah. Like why, why Instagram is so perfect or yeah. 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 I mean, I guess it's like, so 
in the beginning, it was really good because it was able to attract people just with the visual nature of the platform itself and like the feed and like people actually really cared about how their images looked. Yeah. And so it was almost like a, let me just like show how artistic I am. And like, it was a fun thing. And then over time, I mean, with the, I think also Facebook acquisition, they just got even better at showing entertaining content. And then also, you know, unlike MySpace, iterating little <laughs> by little in order to, yeah, continue their growth and continue adding better features to their, to their platform. And now what's, I think the best thing is that, like if you wanted to grow your following and become an influencer or have your or have your content be shown, you can. On the other hand, you can also be just like a passive account on on Instagram and use it as like your your curated feed of stuff to look at or things to explore. So it's like it's it's great in a in a way where it's like okay, there's a clear path for you to grow and be successful on this channel and like. Um, have your own brand, have your own voice, have your own image and be um, in some ways uh, supported for doing that type of work. Um, and then on the other hand, like if you don't care at all, like you're, you, you have entertaining content for forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think because you can really only be like one or two things. We can either be the creator or the consumer mm-hmm. and it does, it creates such great benefits for both. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no loss. <laughs> yeah. You can watch as many puppy videos as you want. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you want to become an influencer, it's not as difficult as you, as people think it is, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You exactly. need to have the time mm-hmm. and you need to be able to like edit photos, but like, you know, buy a light set preset and then you're good to go. People exactly. are selling them all the time. Like, right. Right. And that's where consult like uh, contestants don't have extensive photo editing experience. They're like, eh, I'm going to download Lightroom and just play around until I think that this looks good. <laughs> yeah. And then also, like, I mean, on top of what Instagram is doing for its users, I think it's it was really smart about how um, it introduced like advertising, not just as like a paid ad in your feed or story, but as like, um, as tools for influencers to use, like having the swipe up, having like the ability to tag brands, having the ability to, yeah, like do all of these things and have the brands also be prominently shown is something that the other channels haven't really been able to do. And like Facebook wasn't like, I'm not following any influencers on Facebook. No, Facebook is like really not friendly to find content at all. Yeah. Especially from a brand standpoint, like being on there, I have, it's it's like really hard for me to go and find people that are tagging us and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going to look for it because (laughs) no one is, no one thinks of using it like that. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, we get like three mentions on there a month. And I was like, they're not important. People are just like, they're like, oh, I was here. And I was like, that's cool. Thank you for visiting. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, it's just like such a different culture on each platform. Yeah. Facebook is more for your family. And I personally only use Facebook as a photo album. 
Right. Oh my God. That's so true. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's on there. Like all the things I want are there. And like, it would take me hours, I think, to download it. And then obviously like over the next few years, I'm going to probably change computers again. I currently have three. Like, I don't want to have to download each one and then change my hard drive over. And like, what if something happens to the hard drive? Like at least on Facebook, I know it's there. Right. Exactly. Most likely forever because the internet is forever. Yeah. (laughs) It'll never die. It'll never die. (laughs) But yeah, exactly. And then I think like, I guess, yeah, Facebook I only use to, yeah, post albums that are honestly like private like I don't even share it like I'm on my on my feed (laughs) and then also like joining groups I usually use Facebook more as like messenger I'm like oh there's messenger there I have to log on and like Like, look at what's happening yeah and then but yeah Instagram definitely it's just there's like first of all at the top you're hit with all those stories and you can just like go into a hole and never stop (laughs) and then it's also amazing because it's like yeah these stories could go away or they could just live on your on your page like with the safe stories so it's like it's this amazing thing of like yes you have these this quick content that's ephemeral but you can always come back because there's evergreen content it's yeah. always gonna live there. It's and a perfect so mix. And like yeah. obviously the algorithm has fucked with how you see things yeah. uh, in the feed. But for the most mm-hmm. part, I'm, I'm pretty sure the stories is like untouched. Yeah, that's and true. You can really go through and see everyone that you follow if you really wanted to, as long as they're putting yeah. up stories. And and so obviously mm-hmm. some people put up like sixteen photos of stories and I'm like, no, three is good. Three is <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me just like really quickly tap through yeah, this. Like, yeah some people are using it really cool like i follow some animators uh on instagram and he Uh does like uh paper animations so Mm -hmm. he'll like put up like obviously there'll be like a hundred stories for one day or whatever however many it is and you the goal is to get to get you to tap super fast so it looks like it's moving and it's super cool that's amazing yeah i'm like wow and he was like the first person that i saw doing that and then i (sighs) leveraged that and did it for one of the brands I was working on I was like oh thank you for this wonderful idea yeah exactly I mean that's that's also another thing is like it, it's just a, such a an amazing like area for inspiration so, yeah so many people are doing really interesting things and like um there's people who are doing amazing artwork on there and it's also like you can find them because of the hashtags kind yeah. of like those still kind of work um if people use them but, yeah. yeah I always advise like clients like for because people will be like we need to put hashtags into the post and I'm like it doesn't matter unless people are looking for the hashtag and, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like no one's searching our exact name really for the most part <laughs> yeah like, searching like a very specific thing like a big event like they're never gonna see our post like <laughs> yeah how it is i'm sorry yeah exactly yeah i was like it's way better if we create content that ends up on the explore page and then Mm. us that way than it is for us who try and put all of our eggs in a hashtag basket by hashtagging a bajillion like things and then like looking at it from the back end and you're like this drove 10 impressions congratulations everyone yeah uh, (laughs) my favorite thing to look at because i i do have um like outside of my my job, I have a side account where I have my pet rabbit uh, Instagram account. Oh my god, so cute! At nomadic rabbit, nomadic underscore rabbit. Um, okay. If anybody wants to follow her, yeah. I plug her every episode. <laughs> but you know, it, it goes back to the saying where if you really want to invest the time, you can make an account successful. 
And Absolutely. like, we started this account in November and she's, uh, almost at like 4,000 followers currently. Like, wow. Yeah. That is, that is, yeah, that's like such dedication. I like, I kind of started an account, um, back in the day and it was like, not a good name, but it was like basically about climbing and also celebrating diversity in climbing. Yeah. And it's like not a good name. So that's why I think it's like not, not great. Also the fact that like a lot of the content just like you have to be on top of the content posting. Otherwise, like it's not going to be good. But yeah, learn so much during that process. Like, oh, cool. Like this post got more likes and like engagement. And then, like got show, show more. And like this post actually made the explore page. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. always fun to see. And then, but also crushing at the same time. Like, I oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. We hit like a wall because uh, the algorithm changed a few months back. Mm. Or, which is why like a lot of the influencers now are being like eh, uh, Instagram why did you do this to me like you yeah I post anymore like it's like starting to be a thing and I was like no like literally though guys it's happening <laughs> 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 I was like I, I was like no but like really because like obviously from a personal standpoint as a brand like you kind of see like you're not influencer level for the most part unless you're working on like you know M&Ms or like big Wendy's brands or something like that where you're going to mm. notice the drop but like shadow's account is big enough that we were going from almost a thousand likes per photo to uh we went to 300 it dropped so hard i was like what is going on nothing else changed we changed nothing our photos were the same our posting times were the same everything was the same we didn't get unfollowed by a lot of people i was checking our followers to see if any of them were bots like it was all quality content and it wow was, you know we just saw that huge drop off and to this day, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. I, I definitely keep tabs on, like, a lot of influencers just because, like, I love the space. I think it's fascinating. And, yeah, everybody was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I understand why you, uh, like, are decreasing likes and stuff, but it, it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, obviously, they, they threw that idea around of getting rid of likes altogether. Yeah, yeah. And, like, part of me was almost like, I kind of wish they would. Like <laughs> at this point in the game, it's just kind of there and it's not that important. Like yeah. I, I like to categorize comments as more of a value of success of a post than of how many people like it. Mm-hmm. Cause like as a passive activity, like you could just be scrolling and just liking everything. Mm-hmm. But if you're commenting, you're invested. Even right. if you're trying to get me to follow you, you've, you've seen the post. And now that you've commented, you're going to see my next post. Right. So trying to think of it that way, which is mm-hmm. always a good time. <laughs> Less, less, yeah. Pet Instagrams. <laughs> Influencer pet Instagrams. Yeah. Which they make a lot of money. Like we, uh, we looked into oh, it with Doug the Pug uh-huh. back in the day. And I think it was like half a million dollars for like a good amount. Like, I think it was like three posts in a video. What the fuck? <laughs> like, whoa, Doug. Whoa, Doug. You're a dog. Whoa, Doug. <laughs> All right, Doug. That is a tall order. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and like even if you look at celebrities like anyone i follow kristen bristow from the bachelor uh and bachelorette whatever one you want to call that one um and she just got a dog she just adopted a dog from uh the yulin festival like in china which was sad but uh it, its name is ramen <laughs> and it's a golden doodle or, or no just a golden retriever i think but um 
they started an Instagram account and like literally overnight this dog got hundreds of thousands of followers and I was like well Shadow will never get that because I'm not famous yeah I mean that's like that's another thing is like again going back to like who gets a voice right it's like if you are famous of like a thousand percent you're gonna get that boost and it's like just gonna like it's gonna be a snowball effect and like you know much higher chances exactly much higher chances than if you just started from scratch but you can still do it yeah anyone can do it just like and doing some basic research on how to use instagram correctly exactly and not buying your followers because you will get kicked off (laughs) yes (laughs) they will know even if you try to hide it oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) we know everyone knows everybody Um, knows yeah but yeah i think that for the most part, like, as we said before, like, celebrities and, like, different people on social that have large followings, like, and pets even, like, they, there comes a point where when you hit a certain amount of followers, you're no longer a person, you know? Mm-hmm. You're a brand. This is who you yeah. are now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, everything you do is a brand. And what your statements, your personal views are all part of your business. And mm-hmm. you make money off of this account, so therefore you need to act like it's a business and report that. To the IRS, obviously. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people probably don't, which is concerning. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's super important for brands to be and feel authentic on social channels because people can tell oh, if yeah. you're just, like, putting up content four times a month because you feel like you need to be on there versus if you're really invested in creating this voice and creating a persona that people relate to and, like, you did the research and you're, you're willing to put in the effort and time. Like, people really vibe with things that they can relate to like if they can't relate to you you're you're not going to go anywhere yeah exactly and like also um going back to like you know playing around on social uh I realized that the more I guess professional or more like tied up my captions were especially for posts, the less engagement that they would get. But if it was like a more long form, almost ramble type of thing, people would engage way more. So it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting that like people don't want to see, they want to see beautiful content, but they don't necessarily want to read like perfectly. Like basically, yeah, have a personality. You have to be real and you have to be believable. And yeah. I think that's like, that's, but that's the hardest part. That's like, yeah, yeah trying to figure out wh- who, who are you? Like, what do you sound like? What, like, what type of, what types of people do you want to be talking to? What do they sound like? What are they interested in? So, yeah, it's kind of like doing that whole persona buying thing. Like mm-hmm. that's traditionally more used for like, m- like standing companies like not so much in the past was it used for social but now Mm -hmm. a lot of people are using their audience research for social to be like oh like this person here's rick and rick likes to drive a mustang and he subscribes to these magazines and he follows these accounts and he is this age and he has a significant other and he's happy or unhappy or he's like you know you go so deep into creating personas for people like i remember an agency life I would often be working on some strategies for for potential clients and we'd be going into their voice and tone and everything and I would be like so into it I'd be too deep I'd be like oh no <laughs> yeah I'm like oh Rick has like a two-time divorcee um, he has uh, he eats fast food in, ca- in his car because he's ashamed you know yeah. <laughs> I was like I'm too into it I'm too into it I gotta step back yeah like I am Rick like, yeah oh. 
exactly yeah but my favorite my favorite brands to work on were always the brands that I related to the most Mm -hmm. because it's easier the most easy it's easier to be authentic when it's not trying when I am authentic because I am the voice like Mm -hmm. I am these people yeah so like it's a good time yeah I think like also again you know figuring out your voice and being authentic it's also so hard to do that when you are on social and you're seeing so much of other people's comments because then like I think even for me sometimes you just get affected by how other people write their comments how other people are talking and then you never have that chance since you're spending so many hours on Instagram or whatever it is a day you don't have time and space to think about like oh what do I care about like what do I want to say or what is my opinion about this thing or what is, yeah, what is this brand's opinion about this thing without the influence of everybody else? I think that's like the new struggle. I think everybody is experiencing just in general, like not just on social, but just in general, like in life. Yeah. <laughs> Getting deep over here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's true. Like we're so oversaturated when it comes to people like giving their opinions or saying things, you're constantly bombarded with all these messages from other people. And you know, they're like, Oh, well you should do this or you should do that. And like, this is how I do it. And like, Mm -hmm. it worked for me like this way, like, or like you see the ads all the time. I grew my business by to like a seven digit, blah, blah, blah. And here are the steps that I did to do it. And I'm like, that's cool that it worked for you. That does not mean that it will work for everyone. It's so important to realize that not everything is a one size fits all, especially Mm. in social and in marketing. Like you need to take the time, go in deep, get to know yourself, get to know your company, get to know who you're talking to. And then like, you don't always have to be funny. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like like, not everyone is Wendy's. No. Everyone tries sometimes, but not everybody yeah. is Wendy's. Um, yeah. I like worked on a brand that was sort of Wendy's like, and like, honestly, if we had, we were doing some Wendy's like things before Wendy's was doing them and they kind of just blew up cause they're Wendy's and they're a bigger brand than we were. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like no one to hold them and when to fold them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It's okay to be funny when you know that you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. To be funny Absolutely. for the sake of funny. If you're not funny is not funny. <laughs> It's yeah. And also it's like, it's almost like, don't think of being funny as like a lover for, for being like successful on these channels. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just contextual. Like if I was a health company and I'm making these social posts, I don't think I necessarily want to be funny. if I'm like talking about some really serious Serious things. Yeah. Yeah. Or like get tested for STDs, but also should you? (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe delete Tinder. I don't know. Um, Like there's, there's a time and the place like you gotta really gut check things and like my rule of thumb is that if you're not funny in real life you're probably not gonna be funny writing for a brand like yeah that's how it is yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm good at writing funny tweets because I'm I like to think that I'm somewhat funny in real life <laughs> um, <laughs> you know and, and like being able to like know what is trending like and when it's down yeah. don't right. bring up things after the fact oh yeah that's when you're like oh yeah. It's like it's like watching someone like miss something. You're like, oh, you're like, oh, you just missed the garbage. <laughs> you were so close, but like a month off. Um, yeah, like we did a funny because you know, like the current one. They're like, I forgot what it's called. The, I don't know who needs to hear this right now. Meme. 
No. Oh my God, you don't. It's so no, funny. I don't. It's like, I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but he's not thinking about you. It's like, it's just like really heartfelt kind of like to the straight to the point, uh, advice that's sometimes like rude. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. But we did, I did one of those posts for singularities like Instagram and it was more like, I was like, you know, our, our demographic is so skewed across all of our channels depending yeah. on what channel you're on is like a completely di- different audience but instagram uh-huh. is our youngest audience our most like split gender wise and our like most inclusive i think yeah. where they're like they want to see things and they they're all a lot of them are just starting out and stuff so yeah. i did i was like i don't know i don't know who needs to hear this right now but it gets better Oh, <laughs> it's like one of our most liked posts ever. Wow. <laughs> like so many comments. And I was like, oh no, is everyone okay? Like, I don't know, should I be checking in on these people? I'm like, yeah. it's going to be all right. Like, you're going to be fine. Exactly. Um, but you know, it's just like a lot of, you have to be there for people. Like that's right. what people want from, from brands these days. Um, like they want you to, they want to feel seen. If you're not making them feel like they're, you're really listening to them, then they they're not going to really listen to you (laughs) yeah yeah and if you're not if you don't reflect kind of what their language I mean for example like there's um one uh, I have a friend who started this company called um uh my god I'm like totally blanking on the name but basically it's like a plant shop uh and I think it's it's not planted because that's a hiring company yeah but (laughs) it's related to plants and they make incredible memes and it's so funny because it's also like so them and everybody knows it everybody who like buys from them buys because they're great people with really funny informative memes about plants (laughs) and it's like it just it's just amazing so I love that yeah exactly so like that's like another situation where it's like oh wow you really you totally you you set the tone and people actually want to be on the tone with you that's like that's when you've like really hit it oh yeah that's when you start to see like that huge like exponential curve in terms of growth like yeah you're gonna go up like there once you once you find that voice and like you're seeing that success like you're gonna just keep right just ride it up like you're good you're golden for like at least a few years and then maybe like refresh (laughs) like always always keep you know keep the wheels turning Mm -hmm. but it's okay to be like hey we found it like this is it like let's really dive in and like let's commit to this like whatever yeah. that is mm-hmm. so you know it's always yeah. fun I appreciate it <laughs> I love I love a good uh success story that comes out of social <laughs> oh yeah those few and far between I know because as a reminder to everyone listening the goal of social media is not to sell your products yes <laughs> the place of community yes brand awareness <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oftentimes forgotten yeah people like how can we drive this like x amount of purchases in this amount of time and i was like one give me a fuck ton of money yeah Two, you can't yeah <laughs> you're like there's still no guarantee that anyone will buy anything like oh, that no. is how it is like unless you're a clothing brand like you're kind of screwed like, yeah even then like it's very difficult it's very oversaturated you never know what's going to happen exactly and you just gotta yeah it's just tweaking and you gotta be able to like swallow the money that you're throwing into this hole of social media yeah 
Because at the end of the day, like, even if people don't buy things, people are seeing your ads. And as long as they're good ads with good creative, they're probably impacting your, you know, how these people view your company in a positive way. And then one day when they do want to purchase something, guess who they're going to go to? They're going to pick you. And it's yes. just like a beautiful ecosystem. And maybe it won't get attributed back to social, but just know <laughs> that a lot yes. of it probably is from social. Exactly. <laughs> and this is my own personal soapbox that I am standing on currently i i'm i'm here applauding for it i'm here for it yeah yeah i i mean i think that there's so much more to be said on you know where and what social channels are the best like it's a never-ending conversation Mm -hmm. Um, i think that we will just touch on why people should be on LinkedIn and Twitter and then <laughs> we'll, we'll free up everybody else's day. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, cause those are obviously like we touched on Twitter a little bit already where that mm-hmm. is honestly, for me, I think that if your brand isn't a, a news brand B or um, like a government company, like a police station or anything like that, mm-hmm. or funny like Wendy's, you don't need to be on there. If you're doing a live event, that's a different story. Definitely be on there. It's great for live events. Mm. But if your goal is to like track purchases or get people to click out, like it's just not happening. Yeah. No. I mean, unless, I mean, also I feel like some direct to consumer companies could benefit. It it almost becomes like a customer service, like chat. Yeah, it definitely, that's like the main purchase. I mean, not main purchase, main use of the channel (laughs) outside of like those main like categories where you really succeed. Like you'll see those, those accounts are the ones with like millions of followers. Right. But like I think every company has kind of switched in recent years to like doing a lot of their consumer like outreach and like community not community management but like issues or like complaints like come through Twitter. Like yeah. even some airlines have like specific handles just for complaints. Yeah, which is I mean such great. Yes. It's, it's the best it's the best thing ever. Um yeah, exactly. Like Twitter definitely. Um what else about Twitter? Oh, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know there's no reason yeah like just stay just stay with Instagram yeah I think Instagram is just like literally so good enough (laughs) yeah it's good enough you're you're fine you have a huge bigger than Twitter is Mm -hmm. but you have a lot of work to do to like grow that oh yeah like you need good content like everything like that's one of the biggest issues for a lot of like companies is not having content for it it needs to be visual it can't be stock photography people don't like that it needs to feel authentic look authentic and all that fun stuff um but another good channel that i've been watching and like seeing some good growth in is linkedin and Mm -hmm. um like obviously like they're i think i forget what their current monthly active users are but i think it's like eight million i want to say or no no maybe a hundred and i don't know it's like something in the millions it's it's okay it's uh probably like around par with twitter right currently because twitter is like much lower than facebook or instagram yeah. or snapchat but <laughs> it is what it is yeah. um but i went to social media week in new york this year and someone from linkedin was there and mm. she was like oh just so you guys are aware here's our plan and they're like yeah we're gonna grow 10x to 3 billion people within the next year and they're like really working on getting that number and like i'm looking at the the stats and i'm seeing that there's a huge amount of growth happening on on linkedin month over month so like i think we might reach it who knows it's like a pretty lofty goal but like it is what it is but definitely it's something to watch like we went from when i started working at singularity like i think we had like fifty thousand people that followed our our linkedin page and now we're in the 90s we're like fed stat it's like it's crazy like the growth has been 50 percent year over year 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like Facebook nuts. or uh, LinkedIn and Instagram are the only channels that we're seeing. We're both, we're seeing 50% growth on both oh. those channels Damn. and everything else is barely growing. And I was like, yeah. this is what it is. Yeah. LinkedIn. I, yeah, it's I'm so curious. Like what, what works there? I mean, yeah. Like what works there and like why so many yeah. people are suddenly flocking to it. I think they're, it's mainly because they're opening it up to other countries uh, it was more so centralized to the U.S. and now they're growing their their audiences elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But for us, like what really works is like we share. We have a like a I don't know what to call it, like a news portion of our company that's called yeah. Singularity Hub, and we, we uh-huh. share exponential tech updates all, every day on there, like different articles and things written about all the fun things that are going on, and then we share that on our LinkedIn account, nice. and um, that's like what really gets the most engagement. And then outside of that, uh, because like a lot of our programs are pretty expensive and they're great if you can afford them. But Mm -hmm. so we, it's hard to showcase the benefit that you get from like a internal standpoint, but people have been going on and writing reviews, like recaps on their, on their experience with us for like a week or so. Mm -hmm. And so we've been sharing those on our channel as well. And those are crazy amount of growth on those. Like (laughs) they basically just like pick it up and run with it. And I was like, how did you get this many likes? Wow. Um, yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. People are like super interested in learning on there. It's like yeah. anything educational is doing really well. And then yeah. also I think people are just sick and tired of Facebook's algorithm changing. Yeah. And switching over to LinkedIn for like a little bit of like being able to mm. communicate with peers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've been getting a lot of <laughs> messages from people that hit on me in there, which is weird. That's it's a weird thing. I was like, yeah. this is not, this is no. not appropriate. Do not do this. No. And like, no. I, I like someone started to message me and I could tell that's where it was going. And I was like, uh, no, no. <laughs> I was just hell? like, I want to see how this goes. <laughs> wow. LinkedIn is even not free of this. No, it's everywhere. And you see it. Platform. Yep. Yeah. Anywhere that people are, people, the creeps will be. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. But you know, like, I mean, I wrote stuff about the podcast and shared it yeah. out on there and people exactly. found it. So like, it's, it's a good way to network with people and meet people that you wouldn't be normally like in contact with. So yeah, totally. it's good times. It's like the yeah. Facebook, but on steroids yeah, for business exactly. people. For business professionals. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, even more engaged, like yeah. way more engaged. You got a lot of stake in there. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good time. Yeah. yeah. So any closing thoughts as we wrap up this super fun episode? Um, yeah, I guess like, so excited for the next 10 years of social like what's <laughs> going to come next like we have tiktok instagram still going strong the founders have left but i think still gonna do well yeah um yeah but like what's next what's gonna happen next is it gonna come from the gaming world is it gonna be something totally different who who even knows <laughs> but yeah lot of space. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah people a lot, i feel like a lot of people think that social media has just been it's like they're like well why would I even try to break into this it's so oversaturated already mm-hmm. but like they're you just have to find yeah. ways to like benefit communities that are isolated that's it exactly. exactly find a large enough community of people that want to be part of something and talk to each other that don't know how or it's oversaturated and they want specific things like I think I would love a social media network that allowed me to basically do what Instagram does, but have like a list of people that I always see first and being able to kind of share more of a like 
you can even share like voice recordings or like you can have oh. messages which they actually just started coming out with which I was like you stole my idea from my brain how dare you <laughs> <laughs> but you know like doing like that kind of stuff and making it more about interpersonal connection and like yeah. build an app that allows people to send updates like from their Instagram accounts or Facebook accounts directly to their parents' cell phones because yeah. my parents aren't, like, my mom's not on any social channel. The oh. only way she knows what I'm doing is by my aunt who screenshots all my stuff and sends it to her. And then my mom's like, looks like you're having fun. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, how'd you get this? That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Oh, right? gosh. Yeah, exactly. Being able to send out even would be, like, another growth trick. Yeah. Instagram. So. Yeah, you're welcome, Instagram. I will take yeah. my 1% cut. Yeah. I'll be a billionaire. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I I think that the world is actively looking for that next big channel. Like I Mm -hmm. think that we're seeing that people are are restless. They they're looking for that next big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a good amount of years since anything really major has popped up. TikTok is good. Uh, I think it's not big enough of like a good enough, like of a wide enough net for us to categorize it as a next big thing, like next big Facebook or next big Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just like Vine 2.0 for right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which is exactly. great. Yeah, I've missed Vine. So like, welcome. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you never know where social is going to go. And I think that it's it's in any man's game or any woman's game, any human's mm-hmm. game. Any human's game. Yeah, yeah exactly. at this point. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> Maybe one of us will make something and it'll make a million dollars. Yeah, or like a bunch of us. It'll yeah, <laughs> get a, get a whole okay. group of people. Exactly. Just take your entire group of podcast speakers and then <laughs> throw us all in a group up. room and yeah. be like, no one can right. leave until we have another idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good exercise. Yeah, I'm like, it's good. It's the end of the world. We need to think of something that will save us all. Go. Yeah. Go. awesome well I've had so much fun talking with you Alice about everything on social and I hope that you've enjoyed your time on the podcast as well yes definitely thank you so much for having me Venus it was awesome it was awesome just like being able to talk to someone intelligently about social because a lot of people who aren't in social are kind of like "Eh, whatever it's social media I'm like you don't understand (laughs) there's so much (laughs) things yeah exactly so thanks for that yeah absolutely all right well I hope everyone listening also enjoyed this episode I will link Alice's uh social channels below in case you want to follow her on anything connect with her on LinkedIn all that fun jazz thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time bye